Tune in and listen to the Injured List podcast of the Blue Wire podcast community and proud member of the Blue Wire Hustle program, hosted by me, Brian Scott. I'm a licensed full-time physician assistant in orthopedic surgery and sports medicine. I break down the latest in injury news regarding your favorite professional athletes each week throughout the year. I have all your major sports covered from the NFL, MLB, NHL, MLS, and MMA. There is not a sport or an injury that I will not cover. Get the most up-to-date info in easy-to-understand non-medical language so you can make the better decisions when placing your bets or setting your fantasy lineups each week. Check out my website at theinjuredlist.com where you can message me ideas for topics or questions and listen to previous episodes where I interview former athletes and healthcare professionals to talk about their experiences with sports injuries. Welcome, everyone, to the Take It Home podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca, and I apologize for this podcast being out so late. Um, it was a great weekend, a full, fun weekend, um, celebrating my youngest daughter, Kaylee's second birthday, and I just I was trying to find time to get to the show, and I just, just couldn't squeeze it in. It's just I had some family in town, and... Late nights, family hanging out, talking for a while, catching up. Um, it was a good party. My wife did a great job, um, as always, on on our, on our kids' birthdays, going all out. And our daughter Kaylee, though she's two and she probably just thinks this is his everyday life, <laughs> she had a great time. Especially, you know, you know, seeing uh, her aunts from you know my sisters who live out of town, so they came to town. So it was a it was a a lot of fun and memorable and it was just a great time so i apologize for this being out late and you know and thanks again too for the feedback i got on last week's show the take it home podcast when i covered joy janella versus nick wayne from defy back on uh they released the match on november 25th on youtube so I, a lot of hype around it a lot of people were buzzing about this match so i just you know said hey this is a perfect match for me to review on the take it home podcast and you know usually in the past on the fight game media podcast with gary gonzalez on the wrestling observer website you know when we cover our likes and dislikes of aw dynamite and nxt when it comes to aw dynamite you know, in the past, I haven't been really complimentary of Joey Janela. Um, I just haven't seen anything good from him on AEW. Just, I, I just saw a guy that just was not ready for national television. So, when I hear about the match with Dick Wayne and, and people are just raving about it and, and like I said, getting a lot of buzz, um, you know, I really want to check it out because I'm really excited to see Nick Wayne I've seen clips and extended clips of Nick Wayne. I don't think I even, before this match, even watched a bell-to-bell from Nick Wayne. But he's a 16-year-old kid. He's the son of the late Buddy Wayne, a person I respect and watch, and one of my favorites to watch up in the Portland area, especially, as I mentioned on the podcast last week, I always used to watch Championship Wrestling USA, and and they had um, Buddy Wayne was a tag team partner with Current of Beers. This was like 1997. And, you know, it, they were just an awesome tag team. 
Um, Buddy Wayne was a super worker in that team. The Beers, older, obviously, but you know he definitely knew how to pick his spots. Um, so he always had just you know, and Buddy Wayne has always been one of those guys, enhancement guys that would show up on WWF television or uh, WWE television in the '90s, and always put on a good match. Um, so always liked him, and see you know seeing that his son is wrestling now. And getting a lot of buzz, and that's great. And I think he's going to be a future star. So I watched that match. I reviewed that match. And again, I was it was pretty cool getting all the feedback from everyone. But one feedback I got was pretty negative. And, and when that, that, that show was posted online, um, out on the feeds, the podcasts where they're available, and all the podcasts, you know, uh, media where you can get the the fight game media podcast the take it home podcast quickly i just noticed i had a a dm on my uh in, on twitter and i checked my dms i didn't see anything there I'm like, that's weird but then i saw i had a a message request so that's usually from someone you don't follow nine times out of ten it's probably some bs account that's trying to fish you for some information or something i usually just go straight to the lead but i clicked on it and lo and behold it's from a person i don't follow it was from the bad boy joey janelle himself and he wrote to me about my review of his match versus nick wayne from defy and he said you know nothing about wrestling keep my name out of your mouth People hit me up to tell me you did an hour podcast shitting on me. You're an absolute nobody. Now, Joey Janelle didn't listen to the podcast. If he did, he realized it's only 27 minutes I talked about that match. And most of that match, I talked, I talked and praised young Nick Wayne. Now, the match, after I watched it, as I said on the podcast last week, it was a very... It was a typical modern-day indie match that you see on every show across this country. You know, the the big spots, the big moves that mean nothing, ultimately. Um, you're going to get a dueling super kick. One guy's a super kick. He sells, and he comes back. He's a super kick. You're probably going to get a poison Rana. And they did that in that match. And by the way, Joy Janelle didn't sell it, so it meant, like, it meant nothing. Um, you're going to get, uh, V triggers, you know, it's just dive outs, just typical stuff. Like we, you can see it any on any show. It's just, people are just parroting what they see, you know, popular now, like with, you know, with Kenny Omega, he popularized a lot of that stuff, the young bucks, like it's just a repeat of them. So, and, and th- that's what it was, you know, we got exactly what I expected before watching that match. I, you know, I kept an open mind because I always do, no matter if it's someone I don't think highly of in the wrestling as a, as a, as a worker, I, you know, I still want to be surprised. I still root for them to have a great performance. I can be like, Oh shoot. You know, before I didn't think this guy was good, but now after I saw the performance is definitely made an improvements. Like I want to, I, I like, I want to see improvement because it's only good for the wrestling business, but from this match, I what I saw was, you know, what I expected from Joe Janela. A lot of big moves, a lot of big bumps, a lot of chances. And that's what we got. What my main issue with the match, not just being the typical indie modern day 
wrestling match that I knew, you know, that ended up being, the crowd was so molten hot for Nick Wayne. They are just, it was insane. Like the, the Defy crowd really made this match special because they just love Nick. And he's just a great babyface, an easy babyface to get behind. 16-year-old, second-generation wrestler, you know, you want to root for this kid to be successful, and you want to see him win. You want to see him keep climbing that ladder. And Janela comes out, like I said, just he puts together this basic, you know, standard modern-day indie match where if he knew how to heal, he would get such great heat. He got to build to a big comeback from Nick Wayne. And when he decided to put Nick Wayne over, you know, it would have been a bigger pop than it was. Like, it was a good pop because the people wanted to see Nick Wayne, and he did in this match. But it wasn't built to. It came out of nowhere. He didn't understand. Joey Janela didn't understand, okay, how to lead to get to where this is going to be an amazing victory for Nick Wayne. Joey Janela's just not that good of a worker. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. I was just being constructive criticism. Unfortunately, George Nella is was too sensitive. He's just too sensitive a guy. And this is I've heard before. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and talk about my credentials in the wrestling business. Who I've worked with, who I've dealt with, who I've helped. You know, they know who they are, and they're bigger stars than George Nella. So I'm not sitting there. I'm not going to just toot my horn and talk about all these people. All right? I, that's not me. I've never been that guy. I've been, you know, I've always been just, you know, I don't even want to take credit for no one. That's usually me. But, you know, so I understand. Joey Janela is upset. He's sensitive. Like I said, I've heard many people before about Joey Janela being so sensitive. I mean, gosh, like in, in I think in, uh, in May from a friend of his was telling me that, you know, I think it was like, he was like already crying, like wanted to be back on the indies because he couldn't cut it on AEWs. Having you know, he was wasn't there. So it's just you know, I, I, I as I said in the podcast, I think Joe Janelle's a great promoter. I think he's a tremendous promoter. Look at what he's done with Game Changer and what he's done for other independent wrestlers and really helped them get their name out there. You know, that's that's great stuff. And you know, I, I'm just I just judge him on his wrestling, and and on his wrestling, he's just not a good worker. I mean, just like in this match alone, if you watch, he had he had no he didn't understand how to change gears. It was all one one gear the whole match. His his heat sucks. It's just very weak and slow. You know, really quote unquote just fake looking. Honestly, the obvious leg slaps on everything. It's just total indie. Um uh his selling horrible, like he just you know, he doesn't understand how to work into position. He, like, at you know, many points during the match, and, you know, at one point, they, the camera is like focusing on Janela, and he's like looking up, like, oh, where's he? Where's Nick Wayne at? Where's he come from? Okay, I'll sell again. You know, oh, there he is. Like, just really, really bad stuff, you know? And, I, and this is stuff I've seen, not just this match, but previous matches. So nothing's changed with him, right? As a worker, unfortunately. And, but you know that I'm I'm he's I'm 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 
unfortunately he's upset about my review and that's fine you know we it's fine I, you know like some people can't take it but i you know when i came through wrestling and when i was going through all pro wrestling and with roland alexander and when i was performing as a manager with our team with my team that i manage with the guys i manage if we had a bad match or you know we got told you know and we wouldn't we we're down because we wanted to perform our best, our ability, and and you know we want everyone to be like, yay, great, great match. But sometimes it's just not going to happen, and we would take that criticism from Roland or from the veteran guys in the locker room, and we would try to apply it next match. That's all I was doing here, just giving constructive criticism, and it's unfortunate because I know Joe Janela has a lot of these, you know. A lot of the lower rung people that just, you know, look up to him and just tell him, like, oh, he's so great. And, you know, I know he thinks he's so great, but he's not. He's not that great in the ring. If he was so great, he'd be on AEW Dynamite today on every episode. There's a reason why, and I had to look this up because I'm like trying to remember, like, when the hell's the last time we saw Joey Janela on AEW Dynamite? I'm talking about the main show. I know he's been on Dark and Elevation and all that, but no one cares about the YouTube stuff, right? That's only for the, the hardcore of the hardcores that are going to watch that shit. You know, Dynamite, you need to be on Dynamite, you need to be on Rampage. And I looked it up, and the last match that he had on Dynamite was on May 28th versus Hangman Page. And if you remember that match, that match is when Hangman got busted open by Janela. I forget what happened. All of a sudden, you know, Paige started just leaking blood. And it was just a crazy, crazy moment on just on television. And then Hangman Page finished him off with that buckshot Larry that he just threw right into Janela's face and knocked him loopy. And... From my experience, my experience, seeing what he did there, that was a receipt. He was pretty upset, and there's no reason for him not to hit that clothesline in a safe place. But he was pissed, and he was letting Joey Janela know. And so I'm getting, I'm guessing from that and from other matches that Joey Janela has, he hasn't seen him on TV since. So I'm guessing he was pretty much in the doghouse here. And I've heard, you know, things, and I've heard that, you know, with all these new signings by AEW of superstars like Daniel uh, Brian Danielson, excuse me, CM Punk, Adam Cole, then you got great workers like Jay Lethal coming in. You're probably gonna get the Briscoes soon. You know, you you got all these great free agents that WWE released, and that AEW is probably gonna be bringing in sooner than later. The 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 word in the locker room is a lot of the, as I quoted from my AW, someone from AEW, to me, was a lot of shitty wrestlers in that locker room are scared. So, I, and yeah, considering that I don't think Joe Jones is the best worker in the world, I would think he probably would be on that list. So, I, you know, it's just, it is what it is. And I'm, a, I apologize. You know, I, 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 uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel bad that his feelings were hurt. <laughs> I, I, I really don't care, Joey. Joey, don't be so damn sensitive, okay? But listen, <laughs> I am going to give you another chance here. I'm like, you know, I'll be fair. I'll review another Joey Janela match. So I decided to look on YouTube, what's available, what's recent, what's out there. And I saw a match between Joey Janela and one of the all-time legends, Minoru Suzuki. 
And I said, oh, wow, this should, I'm going to watch this. This will be a very interesting match to watch. This is a big match for Joey Janela to work with Minoru Suzuki. I, I want to see how he's going to perform with him and how Suzuki's going to work with him. Hi, y'all. Double G here. My co-host, John LaRocca, and I have been re-watching episodes of 1997 Raw, the turning point year for the WWF, and reviewing those episodes on Fight Game Media Network Plus in 2022. We'll do the same thing with 1998 Raw. So if you miss some of the golden years of the WWF, come hang out with us every week. We'll break down the shows and the pay-per-views as well and give you context and insight through our research that will take you right back to that time frame. It's wild watching these shows back with current eyes. Subscribe at patreon.com front slash fight game media. Now, what I after watching the match, what I saw was exactly what I expected from Inoro Suzuki. He's going to do his safe U.S. match. Now, this is what happens. A lot of Japanese wrestlers come in. They do their greatest hits. Right? We saw that with uh, Satoshi Ishii and Vinny Masaru from West Coast Pro. And we saw this here. I mean, Minoru Suzuki is going to do his facial expressions. He's going to do his forearms back and forth. He's going to no-sell some shit. He's going to work to one last spot and hit the hit the uh, gosh pile driver and and go for the pin and that's what we got here but you know this match total time was 20 minutes 25 seconds and it was just Minoru Zuki kicking the shit out of uh, Joy Janela obviously in a working way Noel sold the, everything didn't really give Joy Janela much when he did Give Joey Jello something. He got right back to his feet and no sold it quickly. Like he really treated Janela like he should have. Like he's not gonna sell big for a guy like Janela, you know. Now he worked, you know, twenty minutes with him because he's getting paid a lot of money and you know he's gonna do it and you know just power through it. But he's not gonna sell for this guy. I mean, it's not like the nineties when. Japanese guys wouldn't sell for guys, you know, because they're worried about the magazines getting the shots of the cameras and all that stuff. This was just like, there's just no way. Like, he can't. Like, I'm going to do this because you're paying me a lot of money, but listen, I'm just going to go and and no sell. This is not Zorizuki wrestling Brian Danson on AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite, he's going to sell. Though it was a very similar match. It's just he gave more to Brian Danson because Brian Danson, he knows a star. George Allen, he doesn't know is a star. He just sees this. He, he probably is like this guy, you know? So um, the match was what I expected. Opening match. The chop battle, right? The, you give me one, I, you, I'll take one. And it was a funny moment when George Allen hits a, a chop and really poorly done. Makes no noise. And the crowd, of course, is not going to boo Joey. They, they booed a little bit, like they're playing along, right? Because Joey's trying to be a heel, and he, he thinks being a heel is like flipping off Minoru Suzuki. And so he, you know, Joey's chop, he, like he did this chop that made no noise. And, and at first I thought, man, was he trying to make a, a bad worked chop so the fans could boo and get all like, and they laughed. And then I thought, okay, the Minoru Zuka's going to go lay him in with a big old one, right? It's going to big old, the big old whopper chop right back. But Joey's like, hold on, no, no, no. And he does another one and it makes sound. So obviously his plan was to make sound with this previous chop, but it just, it, it was just, it was just funny. And Minoru Zuka still gave the big chop, overhand chop. Um, 
Janela powers to the floor. He wants to go brawl to the floor. Uh, Minorazuki's looking at him like, okay. So he goes on the opposite side of the ring, and they do the spot where they meet, like you know, Braveheart on the in the middle of the other side of the ring, and they start going at it, which I thought was pretty cool. I like that. It was fun. Um, Minorazuki took some punches, but no sold it. Then they kept brawling around the ring. I, I guess in Game Changer Wrestling, I, I don't really watch any of their shows. Um, I'm I'm guessing that there's no countouts in this promotion. I mean, the the ring announcer did have jeans and a Razor Ramon t-shirt on, so it was pretty, like, I don't expect much when it comes to rules. And the referee, shit. You could have had a coat hanger in that ring, right? Because, like, <laughs> he just sit in the corner, you know. It's just like, dude, he just sit there and hugged the corner and laughed. Like, he was just... He barely had to do anything. Uh, if he did, it was he was it was a it was a miracle that I didn't know he even bent down. You know, I just thought he just stood there. Like, is he okay? You know. Um, again, brawl on the ring, forearm exchanges, more Suzuki, no selling. Um, Janela, they brawl to a, a merchandise table, gimmick table. They get on there. Uh, Suzuki going for a pile driver on there. And I thought, okay, the big backdrop. I'm like, is Suzuki really going to take this bump? Nah, he didn't, of course. They get back in the ring. Uh, before that, Suzuki actually, I think, locks on a submission on the outside. And this is going on for minutes and minutes. Like I said, no count outs. Just... And the fans are like, they're into it because like Suzuki's close to him. Like, it's a small building anyways. And, you know, it's a very intimate setting, so they're, but they're still getting the kick out. Like Suki's like right in front of them, you know, doing his thing. Goes back in the ring. Guess what? Another restart. I think there was like three restarts in this match. Of course, like just momentum killers. And back in the ring, just you know, forearm exchange, back and forth, just stupid shit. Um, but at the twelve minute mark, Suzuki finally takes his first bump. Big uh, a clothesline from Joe Janela. And Suzuki quickly kicks his feet and gives him a big boot. So, like, just didn't mean anything. But again, I mean, what he's going to do, right? He's just, he's just, he's just, in reality, this was, if, if this was a, a different time, he probably would beat Janela in six minutes. But, you know, it's a, he's part, he's a promoter and he's going to carry this guy because he's paying him a lot of money, right? But he's not going to just, look like a fool out there with, with a guy like Joe Janela. He's going to, he's not going to sell shit. So, but back, like I said, Suzuki, Suzuki quickly back on top. Uh, Janela gets a figure four on Suzuki. Does like some, you know, Janela does a dragon leg, dragon screw leg whip, uh, locks on a figure four. Suzuki starts selling it, but it's, he's all of a sudden he quickly realized he just, it's not painful. This, this doesn't hurt me. He's laughing. Doesn't know who's doing that big evil laugh. And he just, you know, just no sells the figure four. It was hilarious. Uh, this was interesting about this match is that, you know, the crowd, Game Changer Wrestling, obviously, they love Joey Janela, right? He's their, one of their biggest stars there, obviously. But this match is like, they don't want to boo it, but you know they, they, they can't get into it. Like, they're just sitting on their hands, and, they, and they're doing some chance, like, Fight forever, but it's almost like a mocking fight forever chat. Like, like, because 
Suzuki's giving Joey nothing, and the crowd can't get into it at all, right? It's not a match, really. It's just a one-sided beatdown that's going for damn near 20 minutes, right? Um, Joey finally gets uh, the Death Valley driver for one count. <laughs> Suzuki gets up and laughs. Oh, this is great. And then, he, you know, again... I think forearm exchange again or something. Then they and then Suzuki goes into a sequence. You know it. You know the sequence to talk about. Goes for the, goes for the gosh power driver. Gets re, you know goes for the choke rearing choke. Goes for the gosh power driver. Gets reversed. Janela gets one little thing. I think it's when he got the death Valley driver. But then Suzuki quickly went back to his finishing sequence of the choke into the gosh the the gosh pile driver. One two three, and that was it. You know, like I said, it wasn't a it. I, I cannot call it a great match. I call, can't call it a good match. It was a one-sided beatdown, right? Um, the longest get-over match I've ever seen in my life. Or squash match, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but that's what's going to happen. I mean, what do you expect when you book this? Like, this is who you're wrestling. <laughs> you know, this is who you're wrestling, Minoru Suzuki, this guy. And he's like... But, you know, he finds out he's a promoter, and he's like, okay, or one of, the, one of the promoters, and all right. So, hilarious. But, you know, I, I decided to watch another match. And, yeah, I thought, okay, that's unfair. Because, because you know, like I said, Minoru Zuki is going to treat Janela like he should be treated, right? So, there's another match with Lee Moriarty. I watched on Dark. I say, okay. Let's watch this one. Let's see how he carries this young kid. Again, very indie. Uh, same stuff I saw with in a shorter match with uh, Nick Wayne. Just the same stuff. Dive outs. No soul. That meant nothing. Uh, poor feeding. Poor selling. Poor all one. All one gear. No gear changing. Just typical stuff so in the end i just you know i'm still not convinced about janelle's work in the ring again i respect his promoting don't respect his wrestling um i you know i don't see what the hype is so i i don't get it but i i will continue to watch when i when i have a chance to if i hear he has a great match i'll, I'll check it out again i'll, I'll keep open-minded i will i definitely will because you know I, and i hope if i do review those matches I hope, you know, Joe Janela gets, gets a little tougher and, you know, is not so sensitive and can take constructive criticism. So, all the best to Joe Janela. Um, so, on this show as well, I'm going to talk about two other promotions or one, you know, one from the WWE, which is NXT UK, because they had a big match. Ilya Dragunov for defending his NXT UK championship match championship against rampage brown and i'm also going to talk about mlw they had the finals of their opera cup and that was uh, tjp versus dave richards and you know tjp and dave richards they had a they had a good match it was a, it was a good match um last week i covered mlw as well and tjp defeated uh calvin tankman and that was just a really Bad match where all the heat was put on the referee and and it wasn't designed to, but in the end, like that's who got all the heat and the match was a big flop. But this match was definitely a, a, a lot more improvement than um, 
last week's match. And I was thinking about the Opera Cup. Um, Dave Richards wins, by the way. And I was thinking about the Opera Cup. And I know they, like, book it to where it's filling out their TVs, right? They tape a lot of TV matches, you know, in a row. Probably, I don't know, four weeks, I'm guessing. Maybe maybe five. I'm not sure the whole... I haven't seen a whole rundown of the results of a, of a taping. But I assume it's at the minimum four weeks. So, and they... And they tape, they put, you know, the rounds of this match, of this tournament in those taping. They kind of spread them out, right? But the Opera Cup is an old tournament, very old tournament. So old that a lot of modern fans don't know. Even a lot of historians, you know, don't even know about, right? It wasn't a, a, a tournament that ran for a, throughout history, through like, you know, Stampede. It was Stu Hart and... Walter Subisco, as they talked about on this on this MLW show, they did a great little history piece about the Opera Cup. But I don't even remember like Stampede doing it. I don't remember Stamp. You know, I, I you would hear you. This was such a big deal. You would hear about it. You know, through history. But I think it was a, a tournament from the forgotten history that you know Dave Boy with MLW revised, which I thought was cool. Very cool. It's a beautiful trophy, um, and. I thought it was a good idea. And I like tournaments. I'm a big tournament fan guy. You know, I always enjoyed them. Always as a kid growing up and wrestling to now. Especially if they're really well done. And I know they want to like use the matches within the tournament to fill out TVs. And that's great. But I I think when you have a tournament match. And then you have the goofiness with Lucha Underground stuff. And other things. Like it takes the focus of away from the opera cup like in my opinion i think the opera cup tournament should be a three-hour special event if it's on vice tv or a fight tv pay-per-view like promote a special event like the 1993 king of the ring because as we saw with 1993 king of the ring if it's done right it could be a legendary tournament right or with a super j cup in in uh, 94 right it could Tournaments can be legend if you promote it right, if you have the right workers. Um, I think in a three-hour pay-per-view, you can really get this tournament over and give it some time and promote it. And I think people would be talk about it more. I, you know, this tournament happened and it was forgotten because MLW throws so much on you, like a TV, like at the TV, like a, a, it's you have wrestling, but you have this goofiness with Lucha Underground and other things hardcore matches it's just you know bad women's matches i you know on their show and like it just haven't it just doesn't you can't remember what these tournament matches now granted they did a great job of highlighting on this show leading up to how tjp and david richards got into the final i thought that was really cool but man i was thinking this would be so this is what i would do i would just like i said make a three-hour special either a special like class champions ish on like a vice TV or even be in sports and then put it on YouTube, like maybe a week later or just something like that. Or like I said, a fight TV pay-per-view or, or, you know, make it a special event. Don't charge a grip for it. You know, like a nice 20 bucks is, is a cool deal in this day and age. Right. Considering all the other shows. I mean, I don't watch NWA on a regular, I don't watch a television show, but you know, when their pay-per-views come around on fight TV, for the price, I get a curiosity and I check it out. 
Um, this last one, Hard Times, I, did, I actually didn't get a chance to check it out because I was so busy this weekend for my daughter's birthday. But in the past, if I had nothing going on and want to watch some wrestling and I saw NWA pay-per-view was on, I, I, I'd order it. 20 bucks, no big deal. Not a big, not a big uh, expense. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so that's what I would do. I, I think that would kind of highlight this tournament and you can kind of separate it from all the other shenanigans you got going on in this promotion and you can focus on and celebrate the, the wrestling and you make it eight good workers. Now, if you need matches to fill your TV and you want to use this tournament, how about eight qualifying matches to make it into this tournament? I think that would be best. I, you know, and, and that way, but make them like quality eight qualifying matches, right? <laughs> don't have like obvious winners, you know, don't make it Scott Steiner versus Ernest Scheister. And as a kid, as much as I love Scott Steiner, you know, and, you know, I was a big Steiner Brothers fan. I knew Ernest Scheister was winning that qualifying match, right? So make it to where the qualifying match is like, you don't know who's going to go on the next round. And you might know a few, but there's a couple ones you're, trying, you're guessing, right? <clears throat> so that's what I would do if you want to fill your TVs. And then, like I said, it all leads to, okay, these are the eight men who are going to go in on, on the pay-per-view for the Opera Cup tournament. Um, and then have the six matches of the tournament. So you have the first round. You have the, you have the uh, uh, semifinals. And then, and then you can have a, a special tag match to break up from the semifinals to the finals. You can have... A six man maybe with some of your top stars that are not in the tournament to kind of just feature, you know. I wouldn't do a singles world title match because it's another singles match. I would just try to break it up with a tag. Um, it doesn't have to be for the tag team titles. It could be, like I said, maybe have a, a world title program that's been building up and you can kind of throw something out there where, you know, it's Hammerstone and someone else versus Jacob Fatu and someone else, you know, like that. I'm just using them as an example, but like that's what I mean. And that a cool special traction match. And then you have the finals and give that finals a lot of time to tell a story. And they did here. They they had a they had a 18 over almost 19 minutes in this match. And TJP versus Dave Richards is a good match. I like Dave Richards. He's intense, he's physical. I always enjoyed his work. You know, this is what I was talking about earlier with Joe Chinello, like his strikes look like shit. Like, Dave Richards' strikes look great. Um, TJP, you know, he's smooth in the ring with all his submissions. My, my critique of him has always been, like, you know, the same face, the lack of facial expression. He, he he just looks bored in there. And at times, that we got that this as well. Like, But, you know, it was a good match. I think people should definitely check it out. So, um, like I said, I hope in the future to really get this Opera Cup open. I really hope that Court Bauer and his team can figure out a way to really feature this. You know, being on the TV is just not enough. I'm saying pay-per-view, special event, damn deal. And last thing I want to talk about here was NXT UK. Um, that big championship match. I was really looking forward to this match um, when it was announced. I really like Rampage Brown. I think he's just, uh, you know, he's just a throwback, you know, tough guy you know he's he's just a just 
reminds me of the, you know, the, the 80s tough guys, right? Just big, you know, brawny guys that just going to smash you, right? He has a great face. <laughs> just like he looks like a villain in a, in a in a James Bond movie, right? Or an action film. And his work is good. I really enjoy his work. I love his uh, his finisher, the Dr. Bomb, which is one of my favorite moves in re- wrestling ever. Um, he 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 lays it in he's physical like all the nxt uk guys are it's all that's one thing i love about nxt uk is that not just their matches make sense and they have great workers but like the workers work physical and and sometimes probably to their uh you know a negative because a lot of guys get hurt but they, they go all out man it's a it's a tough it's a tough brand to be on and i just hope this brand lasts forever i'm always worried that one day you know vince is going to pull the plug on it but I'm hoping that BTS Sports uh, TV contract keep, you know keeps going, and and there's a reason for NXT to keep keep going because it's good wrestling, it's a good television show, and of course love Elia Dragunov, just what a great worker, so unique, you know. I just enjoy his his physicality, his uh, selling, just he's just I just get engaged like with his man. I, you can't turn you can't turn away you are sunk you're sunk in like you it's not like there's no look on my phone it's i have to focus on this match because Eli is in it because he's you can't take your eyes off this guy and i love his hard-hitting style and i knew i was like oh man this is gonna be so great and it was great until the finish um unfortunately there's a, a fortunate knockout um legitimate uh Ilya dragonoff connected with the enziguri and you know, Rampage got his hands up, but that that toe snuck s- snuck in there and got Rampage right on the chin, and he was out. Uh, it was, and you knew something was wrong right away. Like he looked up at the referee when he took it, and then went down. Referee, you know, communicated with Rampage, checked on Rampage. Immediately went to Elia to get to tell Elia, hey, keeps you know, give Rampage some time. Elia quickly crumbled down to kind of sell, sell the physicality of the match, and then referee went right back to Rampage checking on him, and he waved it off. And the only negative about this match, beyond the unfortunate knockout, is that Elia's reaction to the match the match being called out and him winning by knockout you can see the disappointment on Elias' face and also the concern on his face obviously he's going to be concerned for his fellow worker right like no one wants to see that happen but at the same time the cameras are rolling there's a live audience there you got to keep working even in these unfortunate situations and you have to think like hey it's a knockout i won so celebrate the victory. But he had that, that that look of getting a concern and also a frustration, like, oh, this match just fell apart. Um, so it just it t- takes you out of this realistic match that they're having to back, okay, this is, you know, sports entertainment, right? Um, and then what, what they were doing was it was a really good match. They were really starting to build on this match. And... Uh, you know, hard hitting to begin, of course. Uh, you know, great wrestling, great, you know, working the headlock, rampage fighting at the headlock, 
you know, Elia cranking it on. Like, it really looks like he's really has a just super grip, vice grip on Rampage's head. Rampage's, you know, veins, his bald head are bulging out. And, you know, working, making you believe. You know, it's the little things, right? Nowadays, I'm not talking about on the Indies. I'm talking about on national television. You get guys just doing the side headlock because you have to. And to get, you know, they do the chain wrestling to get to the big spots because we have to. It's like, no, man, make me believe with those small things. It's, you know, head side headlock's not small. It's It gets people sunk in. When you do it right, people get start believing. And they start, oh, damn, that's a, he has that locked on tight. And all of a sudden, now, you're, now you got the, the audience convinced, right? Now you got the audience thinking their minds are switching like, okay, this is real, right? Even though in their hearts they know it's not. It's just that it's just like a great movie, right? Great action movie, right? You know that you're in your couch or in your recliner watching this movie, but all of a sudden you're into like, oh, damn, boom, 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 right? But because you get, you suspend your disbelief. You are just, you're just tunnel vision into that television because they're making you believe. And Elia and Rampage were doing that in this matchup. Eventually, your Rampage gets control and starts working on Elia's back. Elia takes his great bump and injures his back rampage you know whips Elia in the corner Elia takes this great buckle comes out and starts selling his back and also grabs his hamstrings right like or back of his leg because you know everyone's had a, a sciatic injury right or you know if you if you haven't had yet then good, good for you but you know i've had a sciatic injury before and it's just crippling right like you can feel your the back pain just radiating down the back of your legs and elias doing that he's grabbing the back of his legs and you and, I, and i'm like oh man i felt that pain millions of other people felt that pain like so you, again you're sunk into what they're doing right and then and then finally like, rampage picks him up whips him into the into the ropes Elia hits the ropes but the ropes hurt his back oh my god he takes he just crumbles after he gets into the ropes oh man I haven't seen that before in a very long time and I just like just I was like oh this is beautiful work right I'm engaged and then what what do you do in that situation rant like I said rampage's finishing maneuver is the doctor bomb is he gonna kick Rampage's? Uh, sorry, Elia's back. No, Elia's down. He sees blood in the water, right? Like Rampage sees this is it. So he goes for the gut wrench. He goes to go for the his doctor bomb. He's going for his big move because he has Elia down, right? Logical wrestling here, but but Elia fights it, right? He's not going. He holds on to a leg. Rampage is struggling to get him up. Elia is holding on for dear life. Finally, Elia gets in position to where his head's in between Rampage's legs, like in a power drop position or, or or a standard power bomb position, right? And now Rampage is still fighting for the power bomb, right? He's still trying to get it, but Elia's trying to get out of it, right? And we all know how you reverse a power drive or a power bomb at times. One of the big one of the things we see all the time is you power out. And a lot of times, guys don't work this. They just do it quickly. Um, the, the good workers know, like, build to it. And Elia is a great worker, and he's struggling to get it. He's just like, ah, they go back down. Ah, they go back down again. You can see 
Ilya's doing all he can to get out of this powerbomb position. He does not want to get powerbombed because he knows if he gets powerbombed, he is losing his championship. Great storytelling here, folks. It's You think it's so simple, and everyone should be able to do this, but it's, sadly they don't, right? And here these guys are just starting to build this masterpiece. And finally, Ilya does. He gets it. He reverses the crowd there. It's a small TV studio crowd because of COVID regulations in London are even stricter, stricter here, of course, in the United States. But that crowd all celebrated, right? It, it was a great moment. It was a great thing. And, of course, that's when they start built, They start going again. Rampage hits a big clothesline. Elia does his pop-up. After he takes the clothesline, he just get, quickly gets back to his feet to just throw his desperation Enziguri, and that's when, unfortunately, boop, round the button, and Rampage is knocked out. So, um, it's it sucks because I know these guys were were just going to build to a killer match, and um, it's very nerve wracking to you know seeing a guy get knocked out like that, and you know you hope that he's not going to have issues with concussions and. You know, because we know now about concussions, like those that stuff can just kind of come up and come up, and you know, I don't want to see that happen to Rampage, because I, I, I think he's a tremendous talent, and uh, I really like watching him on the NXT UK brand, and I want to see this match again. I want to see them come back, and I think they can. I really think they they can make an easy reason for them to rematch this. You know, you know, uh, all Rampage has says like, "Hey, I was ready to go, but the referee called it off." I didn't lose that match. The referee lost that match for me. I told the ref, I just need a few more minutes. I need a, f- I need a little time. And he didn't give it to me. And, you know, so he's putting all his blame on this on, on, on getting knocked down the ref, right? And he wants that rematch. And he goes to Siskala, who's an acting general manager. And he goes to or assistant general manager. And he goes to, to Johnny Saint, who's back on television. He wants that match again. The referee costed that match. And Johnny's saying, be like, no, you lost fair and square. You got knocked out, kid. Right? Sid's call, same thing. You got knocked out. You know, and Rampage wants to demand that match. He wants that match. They won't give it to him. Either comes out for a promo another another week. Talking about, you know, beating Rampage, talking about what, you know, the future contenders, talking about being an honorable champion. Out comes Rampage, right, from the locker room. No music. Don't play damn music. Have him come back screaming, Elia, I want you again. You have referees, officials coming out. I want you again. I want you again, right? And Elia is like, hey, hold on, hold on. Guys, let him through. Let him through. And, you know, give him a microphone so the people can hear. So everyone can hear what he has to say. Tell me what you want to say. And Rampage tells him. Like, you know I would have beat you. You know I can beat you. You know you got, it was a lucky call. It was a lucky, you got me down. I'll give you that. You got that shot in. You got that shot in. And I went down. But I wasn't out. I wasn't out. Yeah, it was a little foggy. But the fog was clearing. And I was ready. I was getting that rage in my eyes. And I was going to take that title. You know it. You saw it. You felt my power. You know, you know I was going to win that championship on that day. But the referee was the one that gave you that victory. The referee was the one that said, I couldn't go. 
The referee is the one is why I have a loss in my column that says your name next to it, that says you're the one that beat me. And we know that's that's false. We know I was going to beat you. You know I was going to beat you. These people know I was going to beat you. And now they want to protect you, Elia. You are the golden boy right now. You are NXT UK's poster child. I don't I don't fit on the posters, right? I'm a mean, nasty son of a gun. Yeah, I, I don't care to do the publicity. I don't do all this stuff. I just come and smash and win matches. I want to rematch. I want to beat you. And you know I can beat you. And Elia, I, I as an honorable champion, as an honorable babyface, he would give him that rematch. Simple. Run it back. Give the proper finish. And they would deliver. I, I truly believe that because they're both tremendous workers. So uh, I'm hoping they rematch that. I hope they. I hope they do that. I really hope they. I hope they don't go away from this. Um, but I, but it all depends also how long Rampage will be out. I know they taped these shows in advance and how far advanced they taped them, and how you know if if Rampage has any kind of you know concussion issues from this you know being from being knocked loopy and knocked out um let's hope he's a-okay and ready to go and you know it's okay actually to kind of let this kind of not be forgotten but like kind of go away from it for a couple weeks and then come back to it again right like instead of just quickly next week doing this what i'm talking the angle i'm talking about let it just kind of like just okay, that's, that's the result. But then here comes Rampage a few weeks later, and now you start showing highlights of the match, and you know that's what I would do. Um, next week, I'm probably still going to talk about NXT UK because I just love talking about NXT UK. I, I'm not going to stop because it's a great television show, a great wrestling television show of great wrestling with great workers. There's so many, so much great talent on this roster. And next week's episode, or now this week's when this airs, it'll be on this Thursday. Um, you know, the main event's going to be a tag team title match, the champions, Pretty Deadly versus Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. Um, they had a match earlier this year, or not earlier this year, actually, like in the summertime. That was an absolute beautiful tag team match, one of the best of the year. And it was amazing. You know, I, I highly recommend you guys checking that match out. And I want to see them. I'm looking forward to them seeing them do it again and topping it. How I don't know how they're going to top it, but I think they can because they're awesome. And Trent Seven's and Tyler Bates' storyline, you're talking about long term booking. This has been really good long term booking. You're talking about because it also, you know, everyone just like, oh, AW, the Adam Page and Kenny Omega or Adam Page storylines, like one of the best long term bookings. But like, here's the thing a lot of that stuff that Adam Page did was on BTE and. I'm sorry. A lot of people are not going to watch that show. Ask your hardcore or the hardcores that watch that. But on Dynamite, like we don't see all of that stuff. And a lot of stuff just doesn't add up. Or if you feel like there's plot holes. And, you know, I for me, that's not good storytelling. You have to put it on your main show. All the main points. All the big stuff. All the even little things. Because if you leave it out for the hardcores and not for your casual viewers or the viewers that just watch dynamite like it's not gonna add up and and 
you hear like the great story is all from those hardcore people that watch every little thing of AEW. But here in NXT UK, obviously, I only have one television show, so everything's on it. And it's so well done what they're doing with Trent Seven. Trent Seven story has been really good. I like Trent Seven, even though he has a unique frame, but he cuts a really great babyface promo. He has that great elder statesman, you know, leader of the locker room. Um, he is a good worker in the ring. And earlier this year, they did an angle where Trent Seven's going to get to 205. He's going to challenge uh, Jordan Delvin for the uh, NXT UK Cruiserweight Championship. It was great stuff. I mean, talk about, you know, they showed a great video of uh, Trent Seven's training and they had a great match, but he lost. So, and he's he lost and he's trying to focus again. Like he didn't know what to do next, right? That was one of his big promo. Like he just like, I don't know. I don't know. I need to take some time to figure out what's my next step. Because he lost his big opportunity for the Crew Day Championship. Um, and he's really never held NXT UK gold. He's held NXT gold, tag team gold with Tyler Bate. But it was a, such a short run. So like he's looking to capture gold again. And what's his next move? And what does he do? He goes back to what a previous success he had with Tyler Bate as an NXT tag team champion. Now he wants to team up with Tyler Bate again to go after the NXT UK Championship, Tag Team Championship. And Tyler Bate at the time was the NXT Heritage Cup Champion. But Tyler Bate being such a great babyface, such a great friend, was like, okay, let's do it. Even though he has a lot on his plate with the Heritage Cup, he's going to be there for his friend. But you could tell when it's ever, when during their promos, Trent is so obsessed with winning a championship. He's so obsessed with his tag team. He's so obsessed of, of teaming together with Tyler Bate to accomplish that goal. Ultimately, his goal, even though Tyler Bate does want to be a champion with his friend. But like I said, even though Tyler Bate had all this on his plate, his focus was still kind of split. You know, Trent was always talking about tack, going for tack tiles, going for tack tiles, going for tack tiles. So we'll see. Do they win this week? Do they? If they lose, what happens? Does Trent turn his frustration? A lot of great twists and turns can happen from this. I don't know any results. One thing I do love is that the results in NXUK don't really leak out. You know, I have a buddy that actually goes there live, and he was one day we were just talking about NXUK, and he's a great, great listener, and he's always appreciated my my plug for NXUK and talking about it because he's passionate about it as well, and. But I was like, I, told, I said, dude, he sent me like a picture from the tape. I'm like, dude, stop you now. I don't want spoilers. So he's like, okay. He's like, no worries. I would never do that. You know, I just want to show you like a cool picture I took when I was there. And I said, oh, appreciate that, dude. Because I really like just to kind of tune in and be surprised at what they're going to give me. Because they always give me really good wrestling. And, I, you know, I'm not going to say everything on NXT UK is perfect. As If you heard me talk about before. The Hocus Pocus stuff with the Isle of Dawn. I'm not into the Zaya Brookside heel turn. It's just so unnatural. I don't believe it. I don't think she believes it. It's just it's just over the top goofiness, right? But the other 90% is really good. I mean, they always have a great opener. And they always have a killer main event. So each week. So 
So please give NXT UK a shot and tell them. And if you like it, talk about it. Spread the word. Uh, because people should be watching this. If you're a wrestling fan, like I said, you should watch this. Wrestling fans to me, like I know there's a lot of reasons why people watch wrestling, but what got me into wrestling was the matches, was great matches, um, roller coaster, entertaining, back and forth matches, hard hitting matches, and you know, with with big personalities and good workers, and NXT UK has that. They have on you know what a freaking roster. So again. Thanks for joining me on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Um, follow me on Twitter at, at LaRockaJL. Message me on our Facebook group, um, Fight Game Media Facebook group. Listen to Garrett Gonzalez and I on um, on uh, Wrestling Observer podcast, on the Fight Game podcast. And you know, and thanks for your support. And also check out my buddy, Baby Huey, his podcast, In the Click Podcast as well. That he does he does some great stuff over there. Great interviews with a lot of stars. And he's a really hard worker. So I want to give my boy Baby Huey a shout out and in the in the click podcast a shout out because they do some great he does some great stuff. He's a really, like I said, hardworking guy. I really respect him. He's been he's been a great help for me. And uh, giving me advice too, as well. So I just really respect that guy, like I said. So check out In the Click podcast. And of course, check out all the great content content on our Fight Game Media Patreon and right here on our Fight Game Media free feed. So thanks again for listening. Have a great one. Be safe, everyone. <laughs>